I want to pay you at the top of what you can make, but I also want to reward you for a job well done. And I'm the queen of like, oh, you want to know what you can do? I will tell you what you can do. I will tell you exactly what you can do. If I was able to see this result, that would be worth a six-figure salary to me all day long. Because as a business owner, and, and I want you guys to get this, as a business owner, I know that that person producing that result raises the revenue of my business. So if I can see the revenue of my business raise by 3.5%, that will more than cover the raise in her salary. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. We're going to try this again. And also, I just learned a very important lesson, which is um, I feel like every time I do a podcast, and you guys have probably seen it if you watch the podcast on YouTube or maybe you've listened to the beginning of some of these episodes, um, I feel like I'm always talking about how hard it is to set everything up. And I just realized like, oh, I'm creating this reality that it's super hard to set up on my podcast equipment and figure out the lighting for the video. And, and so I just create more of it. I realized I was literally starting the podcast and feeling frustrated about how long it took me to set everything up. And then I realized um, that it can always be harder. You can always spill an entire bottle of water everywhere. And there is that. So I'm just going to be grateful. I, I take the equipment down because it is in, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see behind me is my den. This is where my kids uh, hang out. We watch movies in here. And because I have a five-year-old and a nine-year-old, they're really good, but they do sometimes like to explore and play with things. And um, so I put away the equipment so that they don't mess it up, which is why I got to set it up every time which is why it's always frustrating, but we're going to start saying that we are so grateful, which I am, to be able to work from home. And this is just one of the joys of working from home. This is not what today's episode is about. Now I got to readjust things because I spilled water. Today we're talking about how to get promoted how to get promoted. I just want to stick that in here right away so that you know where we're headed, even though we've gotten off to a bit of a fumbling start. I noticed I was I was sort of combing through the back catalog and looking at the episodes that I've done over the last six months. I try really hard to pay attention to what you guys respond to and create more of the stuff that you're loving. And something I noticed was that any episode that was about the workplace has done really well. So taking a stab in the dark and assuming that lots of you are 
having careers, creating careers. Not everybody, I understand, but there are a big part of our listenership who are maybe just starting out in their first job out of college or maybe doing that first job in high school. Maybe you have been in your field for a really long time. You're transitioning to a new industry or maybe you just um, are, are trying to work and be the very best version of you and you want to do that in the career as well. And so I'm taking a cue from what y'all have responded to and I'm going to try this episode and see if you like it. Y'all, can we just manifest? I just want you to hear me manifesting that I'm going to build a fabulous studio. I have this, like, it's not a barn on my property. I call it a barn because I don't know what else to call it. But here in Texas, people like to build these structures where they like put their boats and tractors and such. And I don't have boats and tractors and such. So I just have this structure on my property that doesn't have anything in it. And I have this like dream that I'm going to build out the interior and that's going to be where I do all the podcasts and like I'm going to have guests over and it's going to be so beautiful and cool and it'll be like out in the barn. Um, But we're not there yet. So I just want to hear me say that we're going to do that. It's going to be amazing. I'm manifesting it. And um, yeah, that's coming. Someday uh, we'll we'll have shoots again where someone actually sets up the lighting for me so it's consistent. But in the meantime, I do my best, y'all. Let's talk about how to get promoted. And this information is coming at you from two perspectives. One is from the perspective of an entrepreneur. I've owned a company for 20 years and have had employees for 18 of those 20 years. And so I have a lot of thoughts and feelings as the person who is promoting employees, who has given raises, have given bonuses, um, has done sort of all of those things. I am coming at you with the perspective of that person as a manager or a leader in an organization who has made decisions about who gets promoted. So this is just like, I'm giving it to you totally real, authentic truth telling about how I have decided to do that with people who are on my team. This is also coming at you from someone who was an employee for a very long time. So I got my first job when I was 15 years old, like most people. I mean, honestly, I got my first job when I was 11. I babysat every summer, all summer long uh, when I was starting at the age of 11 because my family didn't have a lot of money. And if you wanted sort of anything, if you want to go to the movies with your friends or you wanted to like buy you know, clothes that weren't hand-me-downs or didn't come from Goodwill or Costco, uh, then you had to make money. So I, I really started working when I was 11. I got my first like real job when I was 15. I worked at a sandwich shop called the Substation downtown. I think it's still there in my hometown in Bakersfield. Oh, we made the best sandwiches ever. I still crave them sometimes. But that was my first job and I have just worked forever since. The only time I have not worked in the last, if I'm 39, um, I guess 28 years is uh, when I was on maternity leave. It's the only time I haven't had, uh, haven't been working. And even then I was like taking care of a baby. That's definitely work. So that's the perspective I'm bringing. I feel like I was always a, a really great employee. I always kind of got jobs that were a bit over my skis, meaning like I would go for stuff that I had no right to go for and I would get hired because I was, well, I'll tell you some of the things that I did that I hope are going to help you get hired, get promoted, get that great bonus at the end of the year. But just to evolve, I 
I'm going to keep using this quote that I love. Uh, there's a an author named Ben Hardy. I'm going to interview him soon on the podcast, and I got the chance to read one of his new books that comes out, I think, next month. And he has this quote that I loved and I just keep saying, which is, it's better to fail at being the future version of yourself than to succeed being the current one. Meaning, if you have a vision of where you want to go, if there are things that you want to do in your life, your career, your business, and you sort of feel scared, you feel unsure, you maybe feel stuck, it's this beautiful reminder that it's better to fail in pursuit of becoming a better version of yourself than to just stay as who you are. Uh, Seth Godin has a book called The Dip. And in The Dip, he lots of great advice. It's a really short book. You can grab it and read it. Sort of kind of what to do when you feel stuck, if you're unsure if you want to quit something or should you keep going, should you keep trying. And in that whole book, the one thing that I really like glommed onto was this line where he says, you know, people think that quitting something, quitting the pursuit of something great, that there are like sort of only two options. You either quit or you stay where you're at. He's like, the opposite of quitting is not staying stuck. The opposite of quitting is recommitting to where it is you want to go. Some of you feel stuck right now, but you know you're not supposed to quit. You know that there's a light at the end of this tunnel and you're supposed to be pursuing this thing. And what you need is not just to stay here. What you need is to recommit with passion to where it is you want to go. So let's talk about how to get promoted. Let's start with like why. Why should you get promoted? Why is that something that you should pursue? And also when. Why and when I think are really are two really important places to start. So first I would say why, why get promoted? Because in anything that you're doing, and I mean anything and everything, you should aim for evolution. If you don't agree with that, I'm not sure how you're hanging out with me. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, because I talk about it so often, I feel like even if you don't want to think the same way and you're hanging out with me enough, you're going to absorb that through osmosis. Um, I think that we are, as human beings, here to consistently and constantly be reaching for a better version of ourselves. So that means, how do I be a better mama? How do I be a better friend? How do I be a better son, brother, daughter, husband? Whatever it is that you are pursuing, whatever matters to you. And honestly, you could be aiming to, you know, be a, a great horseback rider, a great tap dancer, a great sumo wrestler, a great teacher, preacher, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. It does not matter what it is. It's what matters to you. And anything that you're doing, I believe we should bring our best. And our best isn't always the same based on where we are in life. There are seasons of life where maybe mental health is something that you're working on for yourself, or maybe you have a new baby, or maybe you just got married. Maybe you have something going on in your personal life where the best that you're bringing isn't necessarily in the workplace. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the times in life that I think that we aim for promotion in our career is when we're wanting to level up, 
We're wanting to level up because we want more responsibility. Maybe we're feeling a little bored with the work that we're doing and we sort of want to take on more. Maybe there are different things that can happen within our industry or our company that would sort of bring our heart more alive and make us feel more whole. Also, we want to get promoted because we want to make more money. We want to have better perks. We want to take better care of ourselves, our family, our community. And you have to remember... I know money can be sort of a, a a touchy subject for people and they feel like, oh, you know, but I'm so blessed and, uh, you know, I don't know if I should want to pursue making more money. And I always just think of that old saying, like, the mission requires money. The mission requires money. Whatever we're here to do, the way that we want to impact people, the way we want to, you know, in my case, I support my family and probably you do too. Um Maybe you give back to your church. Maybe there are nonprofits that you donate to. Maybe you help take care of other family members. However you give back, however you contribute, that requires money. It doesn't mean that you can't contribute if you don't have money, but it really does help. It helps in a lot of ways. It makes it easier for a lot of people to live like with the money that I've made in my career over the course of my life, I've been able to do amazing things. Bought my grandparents a home, paid off paid off their home, and I've helped um, siblings, and I've helped parents, and I've helped all sorts of people. I was able to step up and do that when they needed it, and that's because I have pursued making money as a part of my life. I think that for me, that comes from growing up without having any, and probably also from that mindset I told you guys about at the beginning of our conversation. At 11 years old, I was like, I knew for better or worse, I would raise my kids so differently. I do raise my kids so differently now, but for better or worse, I knew that I was different. I knew that I was getting teased or picked on at school because of how I dress, because of how I looked, because there were sort of in my school, the haves and the have nots. And I was definitely a have not. And I didn't want that. And so I started working really young. And I think that's why I still pursue it today. So I just want to encourage you that a lot of really great things can come from getting promoted and it's worth pursuing if this is a season in your life where that makes sense. There are also seasons where I think it doesn't make sense to get promoted. If you are, you know, like I said, let's let's say that you're um, a brand new mom and you're trying to figure out how to do that. You're a brand new dad or maybe you're in a you're in a new relationship or maybe you're caring for an aging parent. Maybe there's something going on in your personal life that really is taking a lot of extra energy and effort for you. Don't buy into the myth that we should always be pursuing the promotion, the money, the new title, the whatever. This might not be a season where you can take on both, and it might just deplete your cup completely to pursue something like that if it's not the right season. But if it is, if you say, yes, Sister Rachel, we are here for this. It is time for me. I do want a promotion. I do want fill in the blank. Then the next thing I want to talk about is when. When is it appropriate not for you, when is it appropriate for the company to consider a promotion? This feels really important to me because in the last 
probably five or six years, I've had a lot of team members at my company who were younger. So lots of people who have recently graduated college. We have an internship program. So we've had people who were in college, um, but just younger in their career and maybe didn't have a lot of information. And I found that there was often frustration both in the employee and in their manager when there was a miscommunication about when a promotion happens. So I'll tell you from my perspective when promotions happen. And what's most important for you to understand is this will be different based on the company you work for, the industry that you're inside of, and who your manager is. I tend to consider promotions in two situations. One, every employee that's been with me for, like basically I look at it a year at a time. So if you have been with me for a year or if let's say we're passing your three-year mark, that sort of annual like end of the year, we're looking at where you're at, we're looking at your 12-month cycle and just kind of asking questions. How's this person doing? Where are they going? You know, have they elevated? Have they grown? So we're considering promotions and raises on an annual basis. The second time that promotions have happened are in really unique circumstances where a huge opportunity has presented itself and someone who maybe has only been in their current role for seven months jumps to something new. You know, someone was hired to do um, graphic design and then all of a sudden we had a project where we were building a website and this person had UX, UI you know, skill set, and they raised their hand and said, hey, guys, don't hire this out, out of house. I actually know how to do this. In that instance, they're jumping a level, and even though it hadn't been a year, it would be appropriate to consider a promotion for them. Also, it's worth saying that at least for me, it is not time to consider a promotion if you haven't done either one of those things, but maybe responsibilities have changed. So this feels important, and I I want you to hear me say this with love in my heart, y'all, is um, I sort of think of it as a certain level of bandwidth that every teammate is capable of taking on. Uh, At my company, this definitely wasn't true pre-COVID, but post-COVID, we all kind of function with, um, you know, like a four-hour work week mentality. That is um, sort of my motto and the motto of my team is you have an, an amount of work that you need to get done in a week as your manager, as the boss, as the owner of the company. I could not care less when that happens. As long as it's done when it's supposed to be done, if you want to do that from you know 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. and have the rest of the day to like go lay by a pool, I don't care. As long as you're available, you know, if, you're, if I can get a hold of you, if I need you, I, I really don't care. I know I'm not like most managers maybe don't think that way, but I'm really looking at output. I'm not looking at the amount of hours that you are working on something. So the reason I mention this is we've had situations in the past where let's say someone was doing, um, they're working on this project, and then that project kind of went away and they changed gears and started working on this project over here, they're they're working on project A. Now they're working on project B. They're not doing project A anymore. 
and Project B is the same kind of work, that's not in my case. Just because you changed what you were focusing on, that's not a change in job. And this has happened a lot with younger employees. So people who are maybe just out of college, well, they'll they'll go, oh, well, I'm working on a different projects, so that means I'm doing different work. So that means even though I've been here for three months, I need a title change and a promotion. And that's not how it works. Unless the level of work that you're doing has changed um, or you're working in a complete different category or something along those lines, to me, that's not the time for a promotion. So yeah, so so it's got to have been a year. It's got to have been a change in what you were working on. And it's not something... I mean, y'all would be shocked. I I love, love, love. I've been so blessed to work with the most amazing people. But I think you'd be shocked how often uh, very young teammates will literally be in a job for like four months and be like, when I would like to be a manager now. And like, you are an assistant. I'm like, it's time for me to be a manager. And I'm like, okay um wow and i i I say this because i there's always this like disappointment like they ask and then we have to explain to them and then there's um then they feel sort of one disappointed and two maybe a little embarrassed that they kind of got it wrong so i'm hoping that this helps you and honestly your manager may be very different to me. They may have, and probably do, have very different expectations. So one of the most important things you can do is understand what the expectation is, which brings me to the first piece of advice I have in how to get promoted comes under the banner of contribution. And probably the most important question that you can ask when you were trying to get promoted is who can promote you? Meaning, who are you reporting to? Is it the manager who decides your promotion? Is it the business owner that decides your promotion? Almost every company that you're going to work inside of is going to have some politics, meaning they're going to have kind of the rules and regulations about how you are allowed to do things. These are kind of unspoken rules and sometimes spoken rules, but pretty consistently, I would say that um, across the board, it wouldn't be appropriate for you to go around your manager and speak to their manager or speak to the business owner. And in fact, you probably would end up frustrating your manager, unless there's like an HR issue and they're crazy and you need to tell your boss's boss what's going on, totally fair. But if that's not the case, you do have to play a little bit of a politic game in terms of how to get promoted. And again, maybe it's different at your company and maybe it's not the way it should be, but this is the way that I know business to be. And you know, I always tell my kids like in school when they would complain about like, well, the teacher has this rule that we have to do this thing and I don't like the rule and it doesn't make sense. Like, why do we have to do it this way? I always say that classroom is your teacher's kingdom. I want you to imagine that your teacher is the queen of that kingdom and that queen requires you to write down your answers using a pencil and paper. And then like in the next period, that king in his kingdom, he wants you to do it only on a computer. I'm making this up. 
And maybe you're frustrated because they have different rules and you feel like it should, everybody should allow me to put it on a computer and it shouldn't matter. But while you're in her kingdom, you have to play by her rules. It's her kingdom, her rules. And I think it's the same for businesses, their kingdom, their rules. So instead of feeling frustrated by the rules, learn to work with them, learn to use them to your advantage, learn how you can sort of you know, get through the system until you get into a place where you get to be the one who makes the rules. Maybe you make the rules because you become the manager. Maybe you make the rules because you start your own company. Maybe you think this is not the way this should be done and I'm I'm going to do it. Great. Start a company. Start a nonprofit. Change the rules. But until then, learn to play by them so that you can be taken care of. So, Know who your manager is. Know who can promote you because I think people get this wrong. I know. I know people get this wrong because it happens all the time. Oh, my gosh. Especially when we had a bigger company. We had 60 employees pre-COVID. This would happen all the time. You would have people who are doing like their very best. They were um, putting so much effort into it and then they would sort of present it in a meeting and it would be so wrong because they were turning in work that they thought was the way it was supposed to go instead of asking, what does my manager need? What does my committee need? What does my group need? So they were doing what they wanted to do instead of what other people needed. And that, I think, is the biggest key. I was talking to one of the gals on my team about this a couple months ago. Um, She had, uh, we were sort of working on booking guests in for the podcast. And she was like, and this and this and this. And we're going through things. And I said, this is amazing. She and I worked together for several years, but never this closely. I said, you know, this is amazing, but here's the interesting thing. You're not trying to figure out how to produce a podcast or you're not trying to figure out how to book guests on a podcast. You are figuring out how to book guests on my podcast. You are figuring out how to produce an episode of my podcast. And so what's more important here is that I understand what you're doing, not that you have it done in a way that makes sense. So for instance, I am a visual learner. I need to see stuff. If you, oh gosh, just thinking about it. Did you see? I just, it took my breath away. When someone like comes at me and they're like, hey, I need this and this, and then this person's coming over and it's two o'clock on Wednesday and then you need to, and they have like a whole list and they're just verbally like word vomiting at me. I get so, my brain melts. I need to see it. I need you to talk me through it and I need to see it. So what I was trying to explain to her was like, you have to, as the person that you're trying to do this for, you need to do it in a way that makes sense to me, not just to you. And I saw this light bulb. She was like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes it, yeah, obviously that makes a ton of sense. But you'd be surprised. So the reason I tell you that story is I'm wondering, do you know what your manager needs? Do you know what your boss wants? Do you know what your leader would prefer and what they think is promotion worthy? I have had, I mean, a hundred, no, not that many, let's say 50, 
50 employees in my 20 years have asked for a promotion or a raise. Do you know how many of them, before they asked for a promotion or a raise, ever once said to me, Rach, I really want to level up. I really want more responsibility. I want to be making six figures four months from now. Can you tell me what results you need to see from me in order to make that happen? Y'all, that has never happened in my entire career as an entrepreneur. I have never had someone come to me and say, hey, I'm a year and a half in, six months into this new role, feel like I'm doing a great job. When we get to the annual review come December, I am hoping to be promoted. I want to be promoted to vice president. I'm hoping to be making this salary. Tell me what I need to do to get to that place. Y'all, I would have a list. I am the queen of like, if you are producing for me, I if you're working on my team and you're killing it, you should be rewarded for that. Absolutely, 100%. Like, I want to pay you at the top of what you can make, but I also want to reward you for a job well done. And I'm the queen of like, oh, you want to know what you can do? I will tell you what you can do. I will tell you exactly what you can do. If I was able to see this result, that would be worth a six-figure salary to me all day long. Because as a business owner, and, and I want you guys to get this, as a business owner, I know that that person producing that result raises the revenue of my business. So if I can see the revenue of my business raise by 3.5%, that will more than cover the raise in her salary. I, I think you have to think like a business owner. It's like, it's not just what's a good job to you. Here's another one. And this is crazy because I did just tell you guys I'm a visual learner, but I'm visual with the, the tasks that you need me to do. One of the things, oh, I, I'm going to sound like a jerk. I'm going to sound like a jerk. I know it. But I'm just, this again, if I was your manager, someone else would have a totally different thought process. I hate a deck. Do you know what a deck is? Like a PowerPoint presentation or a slideshow? When someone's like, I'm like, hey, can you pull together some ideas for blah, blah, blah? And then they come back to me with a 22-page deck. Beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous deck. As the business owner, all I can think is how many hours did you work on putting together a deck that was a 15-minute conversation we could have had? You could have showed me four bullets, on a just a word doc and we could have talked about it but you spent 2 weeks putting together a slideshow which yes is beautiful and I also understand if you have to present it makes you feel a bit more grounded in the presentation because you're attached to you know you have the slides you can go through but again who are you talking to there are definitely people, there are definitely managers that would love that and would feel really impressed. If you're pitching to a client or something along those lines, if you need to show creative, like, yes, bring the deck, bring that energy. But for me, if I've asked you to do something and you bust out a deck, not only do I feel like you wasted your time, but I, oh, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I told you I was just going to be real with you guys. I don't want to sit through a deck presentation. I don't. I, I don't have time, guys. And if I'm not working, I want to be hanging out with my kids. Seriously, I don't. 
I am not trying to work all day, 70 hours. I'm not trying to do that. And I just, I hate a meeting that's about a meeting about the meeting. You know, I don't want to waste time. So not only did you waste your time, but now I feel like everybody in this meeting is just like, oh my God, please finish. Please finish. Just like get to the end of this. And then I feel like I'm actively trying not to rush the person because I just, I get it. That's what I want to say. Like, I, I get it. I get I get what you're trying to say. We don't need to go through 10 more slides. I know that sounds like a jerk. And if you're like, Rachel's a jerk, okay. But every single manager or leader that you work with is going to have their version of that pet peeve. And you have to know what it is. You're not listening to the podcast that's like how to start a business. If you want to hear that one, happy to share it with you. You're not listening to the podcast that's like how to raise the revenue in your side hustle. You're listening to the how to get promoted. Getting promoted at your job doesn't happen in a silo. It happens in connection with someone else. And the connection to someone else is whoever's giving you the promotion. So you have to know how to show up in a way that they like their team to work. Number one, know who can promote you. Number two, understand what I'm going to call the poker chip principle. Not a real principle. Nobody calls it that. Years ago, someone told me this story. She said, you know, when you start out in business and you're new to a job or you're new to a company, imagine that on the first day you're there, someone hands you one poker chip. You just get one. And the longer you're there, the more poker chips you get. When you go to a meeting or when you go to a sort of a group activity, not like a fun activity, but when you're doing a, a group thing, you're at the, you know, the staff meeting or you're in a presentation and you're in the room with people who are higher levels than you are in the company. Remember that you have one poker chip and that one poker chip represents your ability to say one smart thing. Now, remember, you're a newbie. Let's say you just graduated college. You've been here, you know, two weeks. You got one poker chip. So if you're in a big meeting, number one, make sure that you only contribute if you are adding value to the conversation. That's number one. Because we have all been in those meetings where someone is only talking just so that you remember that they're there which is the worst. Or better yet, when you just repeat what other people said, but you're saying it your way and sort of getting credit for the things that other people said, like, you know, this, sorry, this happens a lot with dudes in meeting where they'll be like, you know, Sheila will say something and they'll be like, oh, and also mansplain everything Sheila just said. And what typically happens is the people in the room are like, oh, David, that was so amazing. Good job. When really he didn't say that. It was her words. So don't be that person. Remember that you want to add value and remember that you have one poker chip and remember that it's okay to say nothing. But if you have value to add, if you have an insight, if you've got some wisdom that you can share that'll really be additive, just remember that's your one poker chip. That person who's been here for six years, she's established herself, she's a VP, she's beloved, she can talk the whole meeting if she wants to because she's got all the poker chips. It's just a really smart way to remember to slow down and to make sure that you're contributing and to make sure that if you're in a meeting with your boss's 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 boss, 
that you don't speak unless you're going to add value and that what you say will hopefully be memorable to all the higher ups. They take notice. They're like, oh, who's this chick? Like, what's she about? So that, and it doesn't mean that you go over and you're like, hey, hi, hi, I'm Sheila. I do accounting, right? You don't, no, it's not that. It's how can you consistently use your poker chip to show up in a way that adds value overall? Just bear in mind that one of the ways that you are going to get noticed, one of the ways that you are going to have people associate you with adding value to the team, adding value to the business overall, is how you're contributing. How are you showing up? How do you carry yourself? One of the notes that I wrote down is that old line that says, dress for the job you want. Don't dress for the job you have. Dress for the job you want. If you want to be the creative director, dress like the creative director. Don't dress like an assistant in the creative department. If you want to be the manager of the bank, carry yourself like the manager of the bank even when you're a teller. Because number one, you're keeping your eyes focused on where you want to go and who you want to be, but you're also, I promise you, getting attention and notice from the people around you and the leaders at your company. I can't overstate how big a deal it is to me what people dress like at work. I know not every industry cares about this and not every leader cares about this, but I really do. When we were in an office, when people work at home, I'm like, whatever, live your life. But when we're in an office or when we come together for group meetings, we had a, what's it called? Like a wardrobe. That's not a a clothing policy. I can't remember. Whatever you call it. We had a, a policy about the way you dress when you came to work or now the way you dress when you come to a meeting. and. My line has always been that you would dress like you care and you would dress as if you were going to brunch with your girlfriends, like that you would wear something that makes you feel good. I don't care if you're wearing an Adidas tracksuit. I don't care if you're wearing, you know, like athleisure, cute styled with a ball cap. I don't care if you're wearing a leather jacket and motorcycle boots. I care that you put effort into what you wore to work today. I care about that because to me, That is how human beings show that they care about where they are. Now, there are seasons, yes, when you're struggling with different things in your life, if you're going through something hard, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, the last thing that you give a crap about is what you're wearing. You're like, congratulations, I took a shower today, I showed up, I'm here. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a a, a situation that's special. What I'm talking about is just your average Tuesday, did you show up to this place of work like you cared to be here? I always, I love this with um, people have to wear uniforms. It's like one of my favorite things. When you go to a business where someone has to wear a uniform and you can tell that they put effort in, like nurses do this really well. Nurses will, they're wearing scrubs and they're like all in the same scrubs, but they'll have like great nails, gorgeous makeup, cute hair, or they'll be wearing like fun earrings. Um, uh, there's this great place I love in Hawaii to go to brunch and they have to wear like, they all wear the same like shirts 
And it's so cute. Like all the servers there will do really cool things. Even though they're all wearing the same shirt, they all have their own style. And to me, it's like you care about yourself, you care about your image, and you showed up in that way. So dress for the job you want, not the job you have. To me, that is part of your overall contribution because it's like what is the energy that you're bringing to this space? To that end, I will also say there is nothing literally nothing that I care more about than the energy someone brings to the workplace, the Slack channel, the party, the, I, I just, it is one of the gifts in my life of owning my own company is I just won't work with people who are mean, who have bad attitudes, who, um, are just, you know what I'm talking about, like super low vibration, super, and I'm, again, I'm not talking about certain seasons where we're going through hard stuff. You know those people that are just, they're just not nice. And, or maybe they're unhappy about something and take it out on other people. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how good, I'm thinking of an employee right now that he was so really good at his job. And when he first started, we all were like, oh my gosh, this is, this guy is the best. He's so good at this. He was killing it. And then one complaint happened and another complaint, and it was just about him being a jerk. He was just a jerk. And honestly, not my job to figure out why you're being a jerk. We talked to him. We said, hey, your attitude, you know, it's in our company policy. And you kind of knew this was a big deal. We really care about our environment and we really want people who are you know, being kind. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. And then he kept doing it and we had to let him go, even though he was great at his job. Um, I remember the first day when I was filming the show for Quibi, I did the show for Quibi. I don't know if any of you saw it, but um, the very first day there was someone on set who was used to sort of a Hollywood environment. And it was his job to quiet down the set. You know, those people are like quiet on the set. And the very first day we were filming, uh, he screamed at everybody, quiet on this, everybody be quiet. Like you just, it was so jarring to me. And as the person who now has to be on camera and all of a sudden I'm like back in my childhood home and daddy's screaming at me like, and also I'm being silly, but you don't know who that's going to trigger. Like you don't know. And I really strive to create an environment where everyone feels safe and good. And so all, you know, the whole first part of the day while we were filming, he was just like, and he's just trying to do his job. He's used to sort of like, you know, working with like tough, whatever. And so he just kept yelling at people and moving them around, whatever. And uh, lunchtime, I called the producers in and I was like, no, we are not going to have that here. We are not, that's just not a thing. You do not have to scream at people to get them to be quiet. Respect is earned. It's not something that you have to demand. It's something that can be earned. And I never, ever want to have a production set where this is sort of this toxic vibe is happening. And the producers were like, yep, we got it. Absolutely. And they talked to him at lunch. And I tell you that this man was the most lovely, kind, wonderful. I worked with them on two seasons of that show. He was so great. And I honestly think he just didn't even know that you could do that job and be nice because nobody had ever asked 
that of him before. So energy is huge for me. And I think for me personally, it doesn't matter how good you are at a job if you're um, you're never going to get promoted and frankly probably won't even stay on my team if you're um, mean. So that's an important thing to me too is to kind of ask yourself, how do I show up? How do I show up in this space and what's the vibe that I give off to people? And I know that that's not always easy. I know some of you work in an environment where people are toxic or where people are gossipy or where people are mean. But I think that's when we have to go back and remind ourselves that we cannot control other people. We cannot control the environment outside ourselves. The only thing that we have control of is in here. You know, you know my favorite Stephen Covey quote, carry your own weather, carry your own sunshine with you. Even if you're walking into an office place with a bunch of, you know, rainy day, stormy people, you can be the sunshine. You can be the light. So your energy matters. Your contribution matters. And another big thing for me is I'm always paying attention to who is growing. So I wrote this down for you guys because I wanted to make sure I said it right. You have the title and the money of the role you were hired for or the role, like whatever status you're at, your title and your salary, your money, your hourly, whatever it is, is based on the job that you're doing. So if you want something different, you must be something different. At my company, when we had a big team, Everybody got a raise every year. Like even if it was just a small percentage, 5% or whatever, everybody got a raise every year. But some people got big raises and some people got title jumps. And it wasn't just like, oh, the executive team. We would have assistants that went from coordinator to manager to like they worked their way up. It was about who you were as a person and what your contribution was. But the biggest change is that they changed. You don't get prom- a promotion is like a new title, right? It's a new thing. You don't get a new thing if you are the same person, if you're contributing at the same level, if you're doing the same work. Maybe in other companies, but for me, I want to see that you're evolving, right? Because at most companies, as you grow, eventually you're going to get to the place where you have people underneath you, right? You're going to have people who are on your team. But I can't, as a leader, give you someone on your team if I haven't seen your evolution or if I don't know that you can handle it. So a huge thing for me in terms of promoting people is I want to see growth. I want to see that you have grown as a person. And one of the ways, zero money, podcasts, YouTube, books at the library, you know, It's just going to be on my headstone. Those three things. I've been talking about them for 15 years, literally. I've been telling people, podcasts, YouTube, books at the library. The information is out there. Whatever industry you are in, whatever area you want to grow, like there's so much knowledge that you can acquire that you don't have. And that knowledge adds value to that poker chip that you're like, you know, imagine you're sitting in a meeting and someone's talking about, you know, the best email service provider for 
your small business and your email list is 100,000 people and you've been using this one provider and they're not really equipped to take you guys to the next level and you're like, oh my God, here's my poker chip. And you said, hey, I was just reading an article in Wired about the best, um, the five best you know, service providers for small business. They, there are some pluses and minuses. I really feel like this one is super strong, but I can forward you guys the article and you can check it out, but that might help you to make a decision. That is the kind of contribution that people pay attention to. You added value based on knowledge that you were acquiring. Like, are you reading your industry trades? Are you reading newspapers? Are you reading, do you know information about your industry? Do you know information? Like if you work for a small business, pretend you own the business. You want to get promoted? Pretend you own the business. It's called an intrapreneur. Intrapreneur. It's someone inside of the team who acts as if it's their business and tries to figure out ways to make that business stronger doing a ton of research on sales, doing a ton of research on social media or marketing. How can you contribute through your knowledge? Constantly acquire knowledge about how to make yourself stronger, your business stronger. And this is a key. Make sure people know. You can't, again, remember, a promotion doesn't happen in a silo. A promotion requires other people to give you more money and a better title. That's not going to happen if nobody knows. You're growing, but nobody knows. So podcast, books at the library, YouTube about subjects that would be helpful. Read your industry trades. Take an online course. Go to conferences. When we had the bigger team, when we had, you know, 60 people pre-COVID, we had a stipend. Every single employee got a stipend every single year. I think, oh God, I'm going to misquote it. I want to say it was $800. Some old employee is going to get on Glassdoor and be like, it was 300. It wasn't eight. I don't remember. (laughs) I think it was eight. And We had that amount of money set aside that you could use for continuing education. So anything that you did, if you're a graphic designer, you wanted to take an online class, if you worked in accounting and you wanted to go to a finance conference, if you wanted, like, whatever it was, you got a stipend to help you grow. Because my greatest, as a human, my greatest value is growth. It's my greatest value. And so I wanted to weave that into the company. So I set money aside so that people could use it to educate themselves in whatever way felt good. Do you know how many employees over all the years took advantage of that? Me neither. Because they rarely did. And when they did, occasionally, I would hear about it occasionally. Now, I would say across the board, even at 60 employees, there was, we were always around each other. It was an open concept. We were always around each other. I literally can only remember one person, which was Michelle. Michelle started as my assistant, worked her way up, ended up on the accounting team. Incredible. And I always remember Michelle being like, can I use the money to go do this? Can I use the money to take this? Can I use the money to get this certification? Yes, 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 yes. Incredible. And I still remember she has moved on. She 
is out there doing incredible things, I still remember that she is the person who took that on. Now, not every company gives you money to go do it, but imagine that a company does and you're not taking advantage of it. Even without a stipend to help you grow, there's tons, there's unlimited resources for funds. And here's the thing, even if your company doesn't have a stipend, I bet you money that if you found something that would help you do your job better and you took it to your boss or you took it to HR, you took it to your leader and you're like, hey, there's this really cool certification for blah, blah, blah that's going to help me run our Shopify better. Is it cool if I take this course? It costs $300, you know, would the company pay for it? I bet you'd be shocked. Number one, you got their attention, right? Because they know that you're contributing. They know that you care about growth. Number two, they pay for it, right? Like it's a win-win. And even if they say no, it's in their head that you're thinking about that, that you're wanting to grow. So I put making sure that you're committed to growth, but making sure people know. I think making sure people know across the board is so important here. Like know not just that you're growing, but also that you want to get promoted, that you want to elevate it sort of brings me perfectly to my next and last category here. First was contribution. Second was growth. Third, you want to get promoted? I'm going to ask you, where is your focus? What are you focusing on? If you haven't listened to it, episode 222 of this podcast, I talk all about manifesting and what we bring into our life. I believe that we create our life with our thoughts, with the energy that we put out. We create, if we see blessings and we focus on the goodness and we work hard and we do these things, that is what comes into our life. Not to say that life doesn't also have hard times and doesn't bring you, you know, the cancer diagnosis, that life doesn't bring you the hardship, that life doesn't bring you the divorce, that life doesn't bring you those things. But I believe that what we focus on, we create. And when you are focusing on where you want to go, when you are specific with where you want to go, that's what happens. So specifically, what is the title that you want? What is the amount of money that you want to make, right? Do you know those things? I have on my wall right now. I'm not going to show you. I'll show you like after they come true. But on my mirror here, I have six months and 12 months. And I have three goals that I am manifesting in six months and in 12 months. And I looked at it today because I just put this up here like two or three weeks ago. And I looked up here today and I was like, holy crap. The second thing on my list that seems totally impossible is going to come true and like it's going to happen so fast. And I've been working on it for a while, so it's not just that I put it in front of me, but knowing what it is you want is so freaking crucial. Where focus goes, energy flows. Where focus goes, energy flows. What are you focusing on? When you focus on wanting to get that promotion, when you focus on that salary you want to make, when you focus on the perks that you're hoping for, when you focus on those things, you talk to other people about it. You tell other people. Everybody knows, oh yeah, like her dream is to be creative director and she's backing it up with her growth. She's backing it up with her contribution. She's backing it up with the energy that she brings to this. She's backing it up with how she dresses, how she shows up in the office, the joy she brings to the workplace. Like you will be shocked at how fast it happens. 
shocked, right? You will be shocked. Where focus goes, energy flows. Write it down. I put it on my mirror. You can put it on your bathroom mirror. You can put it on post-its. You can put it in your car. You can make it the screensaver on your phone. Where focus goes, energy flows. You can create a vision board. I love a Pinterest vision board. If you haven't ever made a vision board on Pinterest, I suggest it because, you know, when we get like magazines, like old school, and you like cut them out, you put them on a poster or whatever, that's hard because you are only able to put things that you find in the magazine. Whereas if one of the things you envision in your future life or like, what's life going to be like when you get promoted to manager of the bank, right? You can put like, the car that you want to drive or the home you're going to buy for your kids or maybe the vacation. You can like put all sorts of visuals that will keep you focused on the life that you're creating and the why behind this promotion. I have never met a person who was trying to grow in their life, who was trying to get promoted or make more money, who was doing it for themselves. I literally have never. Every single time, my listeners, my readers, people who come up to me at book signings or at conference, you're doing it for other people. Yes, you want, you are working and, and you are doing things and maybe you're Instagram three and you're, you know, trying to achieve. And you're, but everybody I know, you're doing it for your baby. You're doing it because your parents don't have retirement. You're doing it for other people. And you need to remember that why. You need to stay focused on where it is you're going. Those three things, man. How are you contributing? How are you growing? And just on a personal manifesting level, are you staying focused on the prize ahead? Are you staying focused on where you want to go? There's a great, um, I think I've recommended it to y'all several times. There's a book called The Gap Versus the Gain. And there's this great story in it that I'm just going to keep retelling because I love it so much. Uh, It's about the British or the English rowing team. They were going to the Olympics and they hadn't won an Olympic gold medal in like 80 years or something. And so this rowing team decides we're winning, we're, we're meddling at the next Olympics. And they came up with one simple question that they asked about everything that they believe was what contributed and helped them win not just a medal, but a gold medal at the next Olympics. And that question was, will it make the boat go faster? That became the question for everything in their life. You're in college and you want to go to a frat party. Will it make the boat go faster? No. Guess you can't do it. You are, you know, out with your friends and you want to have a big dinner, but you've got a training in the morning. Will it make the boat go faster? No. I guess that's your answer. Oh, you're really tired and you don't want to do 30 more minutes in your training session today. Will it make the boat go faster? Yes. Well, I guess that's your answer. I love something that simple. And when we're focused on where we want to go, when we're focused on that promotion, I love asking yourself a question that simple. Will it make the boat go faster? Will this help you get closer to your promotion? Because when you have that much energy, that much focus, that much drive, and you're staying laser focused on where you want to go, I think you'll be shocked at how fast it comes true. I think you'll be shocked. 
there is a time and a place, and I bet this is true for a lot of you, you know that it's time to ask for the next thing. Or better yet, it's time to ask your manager what you can do that would make it, they would be thrilled to give you more money. Like what a question for your manager. What what are some... What are some results that I could produce that would make you thrilled to give me more money? That would make you thrilled. Not just like, okay, here's more money, but like, oh, hell yes. I've had that. I have had the most incredible teammates. I have the most incredible teammates that I'm like, yes, 100% with all the joy in my heart, here's some more money because you are contributing at a level that I notice that I see growth, that I don't want to lose you on this team because you are so important to us that it's worth every single penny to keep you here. The last piece of advice I'll leave you with is one I heard very early in my career. I mean, when I was like a baby assistant, I was 19 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. And that was every single job that you do, make it so that this company, this team, these people can't live without you, right? Like make yourself so invaluable to the efforts of this team and this company that not only can't they live without you, they will happily pay more to make sure that you're happy. All right, my friends, I hope that this podcast was helpful. I hope I shared some information that you really dug. If I did, if you're still here, will you please, please, please make sure, number one, you are subscribed to the channel, whether that's here on podcast. It's really helpful for hosts if you subscribe so you get a notification every single time we post a new episode. I also would just love it if you gave the podcast a a good review if you're enjoying it. And lastly, share with a friend. If you just got some value out of what I said, if there was some little nugget that you felt like was really great, put it on social, tag me, send it to a friend if you think that that would be great. Maybe share it in your Slack channel at work. Hey guys, we're all getting promoted. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My intention here is to add as much value as possible to your life so that you guys will promote me. (laughs) See what I did there? However you share, however you give love, I would appreciate if you did it for the show. And as always, if you have questions, if you want me to do follow-up, if you liked this conversation about the workplace, but maybe you want me to take it in a different direction or give you more details, please, please, please call me at the hotline. The number is 737 400 4626. You can call, leave me a message. You can call and ask me questions. And oftentimes I will make whole podcasts based on listener questions. So please contribute to that. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. I will be back later with more information. Until then, remember, I'm Rachel. I love you. And I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.